Good morning. It's wonderful to see you here in God's house. Time to be refreshed in God's word and hear what God has to say to us. Uh, the word of God is so powerful. It is quick. It penetrates to the very center of our lives. It causes us to live for him. Water, lakes, rivers, rains, springs, seas. How important is water? Did you have a drink of water today? How long can you go without water? Not very long, can you? Water is very important. And the Psalms speak of streams of living water and streams where there is a tree planted by them. Over the past month, we've been thinking about water. What is the importance of water? We're going to continue thinking about water for a few more weeks. Water is necessary for life. Living water. And without water, you can't live very long. You can live longer without food, but you cannot live very long without water. It sustains life. Do you realize that in some places in the world, if you take someone else's water, you may be killed? Would you kill for water? If the water is flowing down the mountain into your places of planting rice or wheat, and someone redirects the water, you may get killed. That's difficult, is it not? That's the importance of water. And so we're going to be thinking about water, but not specifically H2O, but the spiritual water. And the scriptures often talk about water and the importance for our lives, living water. Uh, we continue to search for water. Since the beginning of time, people have searched for water, and that search continues today. Uh, in the Garden of Eden, when the Lord created man, he placed them there, and he provided water so that they could be sustained in the place that he had created. He put there those beautiful trees and the plants and all the things, and he provided water so that they could grow. And as we look at this today, we will see the importance of physical water, but also of the spiritual water. When God created the earth and he put man, where did man live? It talks about the fertile crescent. And we'll look at that a little later. But along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and up around into the mountains, as you get into Syria, into the part of Turkey, and as the mountains flow down through what is today Iraq and Iran, that is called the Fertile Crescent. Where was the Garden of Eden? Probably in that area. Because there was water. It sustained the people. And we find that people live along areas of water. 
here in Levittown, do we have adequate water? Why is Philadelphia and eastern Pennsylvania all here in this area? Along the Delaware River, obviously. That is the importance of water. And this morning we want to look at Psalm 1. And I would ask you to read Psalm 1 with us. Uh, let's read this together as it comes up on the screen. Uh, you can all see it, I hope, and we can read together. Let's read. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his lay day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. As we see from verse 3, the psalmist uses the tree as an example of the blessed person. That person who has been planted by streams of water. Uh, that could also be rivers. And it might also be translated a river of living water. Trees need water. People need water. Where are we planted? Where do you live? But more important spiritually, where are you planted? What are you drawing into your life? A tree that is planted has a root system that is drawing the water from the ground or from the river. And the blessed person is one who is planted by the streams of living water. So we're likened to a tree. When I was a young person, many, many years ago, and some of you older people may recognize this psalm, where the writer said, I thirsted in the barren land of sin and shame, and nothing satisfying there I found. But to the blessed cross of Christ, one day I came, where springs of living water did abound drinking at the springs of living water. Happy now am I, my soul they satisfy, drinking at the springs of living water. Oh, wonderful and bountiful supply. And he continued on how sweet the living water from the hills of God. It makes me glad and happy all the way. Now glory, grace, and blessing mark the path I've trod. I'm shouting hallelujah every day drinking at the springs of living water. Where are we drinking? Where are we planted? Now, as we look at Psalm 1, when it talks about being planted and bearing fruit, we must realize that the first psalm is an introduction for the whole book of Psalms. To set the tone for worship and prayer, 
as you read the Psalms, do you see the prayers? Are these prayers that we will learn to pray when we meet different circumstances in life? Coming to the Psalms and the prayers will help meet our need as we express ourselves before God. But as we look at both the scripture and through the Psalms, we see that there are themes that come about in this. There are contrasts that often speaking of two people. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the council, but then later it says in verse 4, not so the wicked. Two people, the blessed and the cursed or the wicked. And we see these themes coming throughout Scripture. We find it speaks of the first Adam and the second Adam or the last Adam. Adam in the Garden of Eden and Christ, the second or the last Adam. Cain and Abel in the book of Genesis. We find Moses and Pharaoh, contrasts, comparisons. King Saul, King David, different, contrast. Elijah and Ahab, Elijah the prophet, Ahab the king of Israel, the one through whom God spoke, the one that God condemned. Yes, even Christ versus the Antichrist. Two comparisons, two people, comparisons and contrast. And so here in this first psalm, we see the contrast. Blessed, godly, joyful, happy person. And then the wicked. It speaks of them as the ungodly, the sinner, of the guilty. What does it mean to be blessed? Blessed is the one. Do you ask for God's blessing? How often do we say, oh, God, bless me? Often we hear, even from our president and other people, God, bless America. Why do we ask for blessing? Are you blessed? Do you want to be blessed? Who doesn't want to be blessed? As I've thought about that, remember Moses and Pharaoh? When Moses kept speaking about all of the plagues that were coming. And the last time he approaches Pharaoh, Pharaoh demands that he get out of his sight. But Moses, Pharaoh said to Moses, please bless me. <laughs> Interesting. Here's this wicked man, and he's asking that Moses give him a blessing. You ask for blessing? What does it mean to be blessed? How do we get blessing? Uh, the word can be translated happy or joyful. And it may be that the person who has experienced the favor of God on his or her life is blessed. Do you have God's favor? Sometimes it is because of a positive behavior or a wise decision that a person has blessing. Uh, we remember the words of our Lord. <laughs> as he spoke the Sermon on the Mount before the people as they gathered for him. How does that sermon begin? Blessed, happy, joyful, who? 
Who is blessed? Blessed are the poor in spirit. You see? Blessed are those who mourn. Are we happy when we mourn? And he tells us what will be the result of being blessed. He says, blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You see, uh, a different perspective. And here we find another beatitude. Blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the mockers. Now see, these are some negative things, are they not? The Lord said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. But here, the Lord revealing through the psalmist, blessed is that person who does not walk, stand, or sit with those who are evil. Every day, we find we are walking somewhere. We are standing somewhere. And finally, we may sit down. With whom are we walking? Who are we standing with to converse? Is it, as the Lord speaks here, are we standing and walking in the counsel of the wicked? Are we standing in the way of the sinner? Are we sitting in the seat of those who mock God and God's word? Do you remember that biblical example of these three words? Abraham was sent by God from Ur of the Chaldees. He didn't know where he was to go, but God said, I will lead you. And so he went away from his home, and God brought him into the land of Canaan. Well, his nephew, Lot, went with him. And they went down into Canaan, and they were in the area of Hebron, which we hear about from time to time in the news media. And they had made a trip down into Egypt, and unfortunate things happened. And the Lord took them back to Canaan, well, Abraham and Lot had cattle, and they had their flocks of sheep. And they're there in that southern part of what is today Israel. And their servants began to argue who is going to have what land, who is going to get the feed for their cattle or for their sheep. And there became great strife and anger between the servants of Abraham and servants of Lot. Genesis chapter 13. Finally, Abraham said, we have to stop. We have to consider what we're doing. We have too many cattle for the area in which we are living. Now, Lottie said, down along the Jordan River, there is good pasture for the sheep. Now, I'm going to give you the choice. You can stay here on the area of Hebron, or you can move down there. But we need to separate. We cannot feed our sheep and cattle. There's not enough water for both of us. And so Lot looked at that beautiful valley of the 
Jordan said, ah, lots of water, lots of grass. I'll take the area down by the Jordan River. Good choice, it seems. Thinking wise, I'm going to have the best. And so Abraham says, you're welcome to go. But what does it say about that area? That that was near to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Lot begins to walk toward that area of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, what do you think about Sodom and Gomorrah? <laughs> the place of the wicked? And later we read in Genesis 13 that Lot lived among the cities and the plains and pitched his tent towards Sodom. So now he's walking, and sometime after a few years maybe, he is standing. He has moved his tent towards Sodom. Good choice? <laughs> Depends on what you're going to do. But then as you turn to Genesis chapter 19, the angels of the Lord came to Abraham. And if you remember in Genesis 17 and 18, Abraham fell face down before them and worshiped the Lord. And the Lord spoke then to Abraham and said, Abraham, look down in the valley. There's the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. They are so wicked, I must destroy them. And Abraham pleaded with the Lord. He said, Lord, because he knew that Lot lived there. He actually had to deliver Lot when the armies from the north came and took Lot, took him captive. And Abraham said, Lord, if you can find 50 righteous people in the city, will you save them? He said, yes, if I find 50. What was the next step? What did Abraham say? If you find 40, Will you save them? Yes, the Lord said. And Abraham said, what about 30? No, the Lord said, I'll not destroy them if I can find 30 righteous people. What about 20? And what about 10? If you find 10 righteous people in Sodom, will you save it? And the Lord said, yes, if I find 10. And so the angels go down and where do they go? They go right into the city. And what is the situation? They find Lot sitting at the gate of Sodom. Where did it begin? He was walking toward. Then he was standing. And now we find him seated in the place of wickedness. And then we know what God did. He delivered Lot and his wife and his two daughters, only four. Were they righteous? Far from it. It's amazing to me that when we go to the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, and the apostle writing to the Hebrew church talks about those whom the Lord has blessed those who have faith. It amazes me that Lot is included. When he was found walking, standing, and sitting 
in the places where the blessed are not. I think somewhere later, Lot learned what he needed to do to put his faith in God. But you see, here's the negative things. Where are we walking? Where do we stop and stand? And then where do we sit down? Is it among these whom the Lord condemns, among the wicked, among the ungodly, among those who will mock the ways of God and mock the faith that we have in Jesus Christ? They're all around us. You say, should I not have some relationship with them? Yes, we need to. What are we trying to learn from them? Does God send us to them to bring a message? Yes, we need to maybe walk among them to bring a message of salvation, but not to indulge in the wickedness or in the counsel that they would give us. We need to be a witness to them. I think of an area where the Lord had sent us many years ago. We lived in a city. And we moved into a house, and uh, as I looked across the street, here was a man walking up and down, swearing things that you cannot imagine. He would pick up rocks and would throw them at the wall, standing next to the wall. So I went over one day and I talked to the man. They told me that his name was David. I said, David, why are you throwing stones at the wall? Why are you cursing? He says, don't you see those dwarves up on the wall, hallucinations. He says, they're cursing me, so I'm throwing stones at them and cursing them. Well, then the people told me, that's the devil's playground over in that community. Now, would I go and learn of the wickedness of the people, or would I go to bring the word of God to those people? And the Lord opened that area to hear the word of God, and there were a number of people in Satan's playground who came to faith in Christ and became part of the church. Now, walking, not to hear their wickedness, but to bring a message. Yes, I had to stand with some of them and pray with them. I had to sit down and help disciple them, but not to get from them and not to hear them mock. And there was mocking. But they had to get a message. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the person. Blessed are you. Not to stand, walk, or sit. To receive what they have. But the Lord continues in speaking about the positive actions. In verse 3, But his or her delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. So blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord. What is the law of the Lord? Here it is. Do we delight in God's word? 
Now, we have lots of good food around us all the time, don't you? I've been on vacation for a couple of weeks, and I've seen more food than I need. Do you delight in food? How often do you eat of the food that you delight in? Probably too often. And uh, yeah, I, I actually put on a couple pounds these last two weeks. Delight too much. What is our delight in the word of God and how often do we eat of his word? Not often enough, maybe. See, blessed, joyful, happy is the one who delights in the law of the Lord. We need to eat of it frequently. He meditates on it when? Day and night. He's, as the Lord writes this word through the prophet, uh, he speaks about the delighting in the word of God. And he talks about the tree planted by rivers of water. Is that same thing spoken of later in scripture? As you've read the word of God, have you seen those same kind of words in any other place? Remember Jeremiah? Jeremiah had to walk among the wicked people of Israel. At times he had to sit down and deal with these people. He was persecuted. They mocked him. They threw him in the pit. But as Jeremiah was looking at that, if you would look at Jeremiah chapter 17, uh, I don't know how much you've memorized God's word, but one of the interesting things here in Jeremiah chapter 17, Jeremiah writes, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Pretty tough words, isn't it? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. But he continues on, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. Like a partridge that hatches eggs it did not lay is the man who gains riches by unjust means. But uh, in that same passage, as he's talking about the wickedness of the heart, uh, he also talks about the blessed man. In verse 15, verse 7, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the streams. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Does that sound like the Psalms? Very close, isn't it? I wonder if Jeremiah had read the Psalms and had seen those words. Delighting in God's word. Earlier in his letter, Jeremiah wrote these words. He said, when your words came, I ate them and they were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. When your words came, it was like eating them, and they became the joy of my life. Do you love God's word? Do you delight in God's word? 
Do we love the Lord? Are we wanting to be blessed? There was the negative, but here's the positive. The blessed person will meditate on the word of God. How do we meditate? It's a word we often use, but what does it mean? Now, when you eat your food, your physical food, what do you do with it? Swallow it quick. (laughs) You'll choke if you do. But you chew it carefully so that it becomes into your body and provides the strength. And so this is what the meditation is. As Joshua, the servant of the Lord, was taken by the Lord into Canaan. The Lord spoke to him, and Joshua writes these words in the first part of his book. The Lord said to him that he was to take the word and to meditate it day by day. He said, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. How long do we remember something that we have read? (laughs) I know my mind, it's getting older and older, and I can't always remember the things I'd like to say or to do. And so the meditation, holding on to the word, constantly reading and meditating, thinking about it, uh, often this will come through songs. Uh, Remember the song that we sang a little while ago? Will that stay with you? and be repeated in your mind as you go home today? I hope it will. I know that as I hear songs from time to time, if I'm riding in the car, have a song, I will remember that. And maybe I don't sing it all day, but it comes and runs through my mind. That's meditating. And so as we read the word, we are to meditate on it. Do not let the word depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you will Be careful to do everything that I have commanded. But blessed, that blessed person is also like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Trees need a lot of water. Uh, My wife wanted some trees for her birthday, so we bought six small trees and planted them in the backyard. When I looked at the directions, what did it say? Water them every day. Why? If I want the trees to remain fresh and to grow and to get strong, they need water. And so if we are to be blessed of God, we are like a tree planted by the rivers of water that we can get the nourishment that we need so that we can grow and mature and bear fruit. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots. The roots draw in the water, helping the tree to grow. Uh, I could not find easily uh, how much water is absorbed by a tree every day. Some big trees take really thousands of gallons of water every day because they're planted. If a tree doesn't get water, it will die. 
I was traveling through Pennsylvania, and I said to my wife, look up there on that mountain. The trees are dead. Hmm. It's been raining a lot, but there's some other problem that many of the trees on that section died. In the desert, what do you find? No trees. Um, I have relatives that have lived in California, and they born in California, and they come east, and they say, wow, everything is green. Well, where do you live? Oh, we live up on the high desert. We need the refreshing spiritual water in our lives so that we can grow. Blessed is that person who is planted. How do we get planted? We have our decisions, do we not? We have to give ourselves to the planter who will plant us in the place that he desires so that we will get the refreshment that we need. Praise God, you're here this morning. Streams of living water coming from the word of God so that we can grow in our faith and be strengthened. That song I mentioned earlier, I thirsted in the barren land of sin and shame, and nothing satisfying there I found. But then to the blessed cross of Christ I came, where living waters did abound. And that's where we need to be drinking. As Jesus was traveling and teaching, he came to that city in Samaria. And the disciples went off to get something to eat. And a woman came to the well, John chapter 4. And as Jesus was sitting by the well, this woman came and Jesus said, uh, would you please give me a drink of water from the well? The woman looked at him and said, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. The Jews don't have anything to do with the Samaritans. Why are you asking water from me? What did Jesus say to the woman? She said, he said, if you knew who you were talking to, you would have asked him for living water. Living water? What's that? You would never have to drink again, Jesus said. Living water. Because I am the water of life. The woman said, give me that water so I don't have to keep coming to the well. See, Jesus wasn't talking about the H2O coming from that deep well that was started by Jacob and his family. Jesus was talking about faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the living water. A little later in John chapter 7, we read about Jesus going into the temple area. It was the day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And on that day, the people would gather in the temple square, and the priests would come, and they're offering they bring in water up from the desert, down where the Jewish people were in the wilderness. When Moses struck the rock, out came water. So year by year at the Feast of Tabernacles, they had the water, and they were pouring it out. Remember what Moses did in providing water for the people. But Jesus stood over there, probably on the side of the crowd, and he called out to the people, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. What was Jesus offering them? He said, if you come and drink, out of you will flow rivers of living water. 
precious thing, water, water. What was Jesus offering to them? He was telling them to come and drink of him, to put their faith in Jesus Christ. And if they did, out of them would flow rivers of living water. Now, wait a minute. What is he talking about? And the Apostle John translates that scripture for us. He said, because the Holy Spirit had not yet been given, that those who came and drank of Jesus, put their faith in Jesus Christ, out from them would flow the works of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit of God, the fruit of the Spirit. And so as we are planted by the streams of living water, there will be fruit. Without being planted in the Lord Jesus, there will be no fruit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance. You see. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Can we have that without the Lord Jesus, the water of life? Where are you planted today? By the streams of living water so that you're gaining and drawing into your life through the Lord Jesus. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, who does not stand in the way of the sinners or sit in the seat of the mockers. His delight is in God's word. Meditating on it day and night, planted by those streams of living water, which yields its fruit. Are you seeing fruit? from your life in Christ? Have you come to the water? Have you come to drink, to put your faith in Christ? As he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And Jesus makes that offering and that invitation to all of us to come, to trust him, to put our faith in him. There's this contrast, not so the wicked. The blessed, and the wicked. They are like the chaff which the wind blows away. Interesting. Uh, have you seen harvesting wheat or rice? There's always a shell on the grain. How do you get that off? As we lived in the Philippines for many years, we saw the rice harvests. Hard, hard work. But they would take the rice and literally spread it out on the cement in the road. <laughs> you say, what? Yeah, when you're driving down the road, you have to be careful. You don't drive over rice that is laid out for the sun to dry. <laughs> well, once it's dry, the sun dries it, they sweep it up, they gather it, put it in their sacks, but then they have to take it and they have a, a log that is piece cut out so that they can dump it in. And then the women stand there and they pound and pound and pound the rice to get the shell off of the rice. And then the women put it into a basket, just a, and then they flip the rice up and the wind blows the chaff away. What good is the chaff? Useless. The wind blows it away. 
Most of it is burned. Sometimes it's used for pig food, but not very often. You see, the wicked, those who are not in covenant relationship with God, they have not listened to the word of God. They have not put their faith, not built a covenant with God. You say, what is the covenant with God? Christ died for our sins. What did God the Father accept as the payment for sin? The wages, the payment for sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What is the payment for sin that God the Father accepts? The death of the Lord Jesus as he shed his blood. And we will remember that as we come to celebrate the Lord's table. How do we establish a covenant with God? We accept what God the Father accepts, the death of Jesus Christ, the shedding of his blood. So as God the Father accepts Christ's death, we accept and we come into a covenant with God. And we remember that covenant that we have established today. The wicked are like the chaff, which the wind blows away. They have no stand in the judgment of the righteous. See, they are not accepted by God because they have not entered the covenant with God. And if you have not entered that covenant with God, I invite you to do that today. But the psalm ends, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. You see, God is watching you and me. He guides us. But the way of the wicked will perish. There's destruction. Where do you stand today? Where are you walking? Where are you standing? With whom are you standing? With whom are you sitting? It's a very interesting dynamic. Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. He uses those same three words. But he starts at the bottom. He starts with being seated with Christ in the heavenlies. Interesting. For those who are in Christ who have come into covenant with God the Father, we are seated in the heavenlies with Christ. That is our position in Christ. And then he says, walk. Walk in newness of life. You have a new life. And then he said, Stand, stand firm in your faith in Ephesians chapter 6. Sit, walk, stand. Walk, sit, stand, stand. Where are we today? I trust that you put your faith in Christ. You're choosing where you stand, where you walk. I trust that you are seated with Christ in the heavenlies today. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for your blessing on us. We pray, O oh God, that you would keep us from walking with those who are the wicked or in the counsel of those people. Guard us from standing with the ungodly. Protect us, Lord, from being seated with those who are mockers. 
but yet we know these people need you. I pray that you would use us as a testimony among them. But give us the desire and the delight of your word. Give us the ability to meditate. We surrender ourselves to be planted by the rivers of living water that you can refresh us, that you can bring fruit through us, and that you can keep us growing and being effective servants of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in our Savior's name. Amen.